I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, what the £400 billion bank rescue package means for savings, mortgages and investments. We look at the reaction of all of us investors. Are we being rational? And we try to find some good news in the bad news about going into recession. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Ellen Kelleher. Hello. And Alice Ross. Hello. And today we have a special guest on the show, the senior investment advisor at independent advice firm Best Invest, Adrian Lowcock, who will be talking to us later and also contributing to our discussion about the news. Hello. So let's start then with the money news. The past few tumultuous days on global financial markets have culminated in an unprecedented government rescue of the UK banking sector, which may result in some of our largest banks becoming part nationalised, which has resulted in a government guarantee to rescue savers stranded in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE and effectively to protect all others. And it was all time to coincide with a half a percentage point base rate cut from the Bank of England and other global central banks. So busy times. And it all has implications for your money. So let's take all of these measures one by one. The UK Bank Savings Guarantee. Alice, the Chancellor has pledged to guarantee all of the deposits, including those above the £50,000 limit of British savers in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE. Do you think that this can be read as an implicit guarantee for savers in UK banks as well? I think that's how savers are interpreting it. I think it's widely been seen as very good news for savers this week that the government has said this. There was a lot of confusion on Tuesday when everything kicked off with iSave and people weren't able to take their money out. And there was a, a lot of fear over the fact that the Icelandic government might not be able to pay certain parts of the compensation. But now the government has come out and said that it will guarantee all deposits regardless of Iceland's position. So I think that's Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, what the £400 billion bank rescue package means for savings, mortgages and investments. We look at the reaction of all of us investors. Are we being rational? And we try to find some good news in the bad news about going into recession. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Ellen Kelleher. Hello. And Alice Ross. Hello. And today we have a special guest on the show, the senior investment advisor at independent advice firm Best Invest, Adrian Lowcock, who will be talking to us later and also contributing to our discussion about the news. Hello. 
So let's start then with the money news. The past few tumultuous days on global financial markets have culminated in an unprecedented government rescue of the UK banking sector, which may result in some of our largest banks becoming part nationalised, which has resulted in a government guarantee to rescue savers stranded in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE and effectively to protect all others. And it was all time to coincide with a half a percentage point base rate cut from the Bank of England and other global central banks. So busy times. And it all has implications for your money. So let's take all of these measures one by one. The UK Bank Savings Guarantee. And Alice, the Chancellor has pledged to guarantee all of the deposits, including those above the £50,000 limit of British savers in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE. Do you think that this can be read as an implicit guarantee for savers in UK banks as well? I think that's how savers are interpreting it. I think it's widely been seen as very good news for savers this week that the government has said this. There was a lot of confusion on Tuesday when everything kicked off with ISAVE and people weren't able to take their money out. And there was a a lot of fear over the fact that the Icelandic government might not be able to pay certain parts of the compensation. But now the government has come out and said that it will guarantee all deposits regardless of Iceland's position. So I think that's to customers. I suppose another factor is that um, people on tracker mortgages right now, they, they will see an immediate benefit of a half a point percentage decrease, but those looking to remortgage to a new tracker may not get such favourable deals. Yes, what seems to be happening is that lenders are withdrawing their existing tracker rate deals and they're relaunching them, but with a higher tracker rate, so a higher percentage above the base rate than there had been previously. So remortgaging may not be quite so easy if you're looking for a a cheap rate right now. Adrian, if I could just bring you in here, let's look at the position for investors with the proposed part nationalisation of the banks taking part in the government rescue scheme. Presumably, some shareholders could find their shareholdings diluted, i.e. the value of their holdings decreased, and also lose dividends. Is that really likely to happen, do you think? Uh, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, the market has actually already discounted a lot of the value in these banks anyway, so it's arguable whether or not they're actually going to see their holding diluted because the share prices have fallen so far that the government coming in to prop up the banks has actually raised the share price, so it's recovering and rebounding on that. So I think in the, in the longer term, this, this won't really dilute their equity because the, the risk was that they wouldn't have had any. The uh, dividends, um, we've already seen a few banks issue dividends as, ca- as shares as opposed to cash, and we may see more of that as, as they recapitalise over the next few years. So for those people who are still in bank shares who didn't sell out over the last 12 months, is the general message that you might as well stay in these bank shares right now? I think the, the point is that we've hit uh, almost rock bottom. So if, if, if you sell out now, the banks are now backed by the government and, and, and the government have reassured the market that, that they will do absolutely anything that's necessary. So it's only a case of perhaps recovering from here. But there, there will be volatile times still ahead. There's still a lot of financial institutions in bad situations and in trouble. So it will be a rocky couple of years, but hopefully the worst of it's over. And generally, looking beyond the banking sector to the, the broader UK market. What do you think the outlook is now? I mean, if you were an investor sitting on the sidelines 
what would you be thinking? There are two factors here. There's firstly the economy, which uh, as uh, the CBI has said is in recession, and that, that will take uh, some time to feed through. But the actual investment markets and stock markets themselves, they tend to run slightly ahead of things. Uh, they get caught up with short-term issues and the problems that we've had in the last couple of weeks have really seen the markets capitulate. But they, they will tend to recover, and after a recession, markets have historically recovered very strongly. So just very briefly, after this bank rescue package, do you think investors are in a better position now? I think everyone's in a better position now. The government has stepped in. The UK government has actually led the way now with this package, and uh, hopefully the US are looking to follow that with uh, uh, buying an equity stake in their banks. It reassures, and that's the biggest factor. And we'll be coming on to some of the lessons investors need to learn very shortly. Thanks to you all for that. And if you'd like to know more about how the bank rescue package affects you, you can read our special reports in FT Money in this weekend's FT or go online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also send in your questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come, the good news and bad news about investing through a recession. But first, are we all being rational with our money? In a week that has seen the largest ever points fall on the FTSE 100 index, following a record fall on the US Dow Jones index, it seems that investors have all been feeling the same way of late. But are we right to feel fearful, or is this a psychological flaw? Um, Adrian, I know this is something that you have been studying for some time. Is an irrational fear of losing money potentially blinding us to investment opportunities? It it can do. I mean, the irrational fears mean that you actually possibly sell out at the wrong time. It's realising a loss when uh, it's not appropriate to do so. So what are some of the behavioural traits, if you like, that make us act in an irrational way? There's some, some big theories out there. I mean, one is sort of regret. You regret making an investment decision, and uh, I think you've made an error of judgment buying a stock. That then... Hello, and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, what the £400 billion bank rescue package means for savings, mortgages, and investments. We look at the reaction of all of us investors. Are we being rational? And we try to find some good news in the bad news about going into recession. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Ellen Kelleher. Hello. And Alice Ross. Hello. And today we have a special guest on the show, the senior investment advisor at independent advice firm Best Invest, Adrian Lowcock, who will be talking to us later and also contributing to our discussion about the news. Hello. So let's start then with the money news. The past few tumultuous days on global financial markets have culminated in an unprecedented government rescue of the UK banking sector, which may result in some of our largest banks becoming part nationalised, which has resulted in a government guarantee to rescue savers stranded in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE and effectively to protect all others. And it was all time to coincide with a half a percentage point base rate cut from the Bank of England and other global central banks. So busy times. And it all has implications for your money. So let's take all of these measures one by one. The UK Bank Savings Guarantee. Um, Alice, the Chancellor has pledged to guarantee all of the deposits, including those above the £50,000 limit of British savers in the collapsed Icelandic bank ISAVE. Do you think that this can be read as an implicit guarantee for savers in UK banks as well? 
I think that's how savers are interpreting it. I think it's widely been seen as very good news for savers this week that the government has said this. There was a lot of confusion on Tuesday when everything kicked off with iSave and people weren't able to take their money out. And there was a, a lot of fear over the fact that the Icelandic government might not be able to pay certain parts of the compensation. But now the government has come out and said that it will guarantee all deposits regardless of Iceland's position. So I think that's... And indeed, there's a longer-term view on UK stock markets. Look out for this weekend's FT Money. And finally today, we have some good news and bad news on being an investor in a recession. This week, the British Chamber of Commerce said its survey of over 5,000 businesses suggested a UK economic recession had already started and was getting worse. Confidence among British firms uh, fell to its lowest on record in the third quarter of this year as sales and orders tumbled. So, Alice, for investors looking at a recession, where's the good news? Mm -hmm. Well, there is some good news. Traditionally, what people tend to look at in times of recession is businesses that people still need, uh, defensive businesses, for example, utilities, you're always going to need water, gas, electricity, but also consumer businesses such as supermarkets, where you'll still need going to go and, need to go and buy food, for example. But one tip here is to not necessarily go to the high-end side of things, but to kind of look towards the cheaper end, because people are still going to do all these things. They're just going to do them in a cheaper way. So, for example, you could buy a cheaper supermarket, maybe not Marks and Spencers, but look at what's a cheap supermarket, Morrison's or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That said, obviously, you have to look at the fundamentals of the business as well. Any business that's got a lot of leverage at the moment should be probably avoided because that's not a good sign right now. And have there been instances in previous recessions where investors have put their money into certain shares that have done particularly well? Yes. One example is one person I spoke to had put his money into JD Weatherspoons, the cheap beer provider, back in the early 90s in the recession there. And I think he said that the share price went up 16 times from 1993 to 2007 when it peaked. He made quite a lot of money there because people will still go to the pub. They just go to a cheaper pub. Well, 16 times your money certainly buys you lots of cheap pints of (laughs) beer. Adrian, uh, investing through recessions, and this must be something that your clients are asking you questions about. What do you say to them? Recessions, I mean, don't tend to last that long. So you've got to look through the recession and into the future and growth will come back. So it's a good time to to pick up uh, investments cheaper. There are those that will perform during a recession and those that will be well well-financed and well-prepared for the recovery out recession. Those who spend money on R&D, research and development, they tend to recover very well after a recession. But a recession usually lasts about 18 months or so, so it's not as long as it may feel at the moment. And Alice, is it the case that no two recessions are alike? Um, Lots of people have been trying to compare the current situation with that of the early 1990s, but are there any key differences we should bear in mind? Opinions are divided on this. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of people coming out with theories of how all recessions are similar. And then other people are saying, well, this is different to anything we've ever seen before. And whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. Opinions definitely divided. But one thing that's been noted is that this recession is a little bit different to the early 90s, because back then, more people under 30 had bought property because it was more tax efficient to do so. And so they were hit harder, actually, by the recession then because they had much less disposable income. They were hit with mortgage repayments. Now, 
we're seeing a lot of people under 30 still living with their parents, for example. And so they're going to be they're going to have more disposable income probably through this recession. So that means that it ties in with the story of going to cheaper consumer companies because these people will still hopefully have money to be going out and spending some of their money. So the lower end of the sort of food retail sector is, is one area to look at. Um, are there any other um, sectors? I, th- I think you were looking at transportation as one possible area. Yeah, transportation. We've already seen that people are, especially with fuel prices being high, people are driving less and taking public transport more. So one thing you could do is invest in stagecoach, forget investing in uh, luxury cars perhaps, and, and look to basic public transportation. So it's invest in people who are getting the bus to the low-cost supermarket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you all very much for that. And that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Alice, Ellen and our special guest, Adrian Lowcock from Best Invest. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.